0: He was born on July 8, 1949, in a small town in the Glan River Valley in Austria, where the towering Alps cast long shadows in the evening and winter temperatures dropped to well below zero. His house had no heat or running water, just an old wood stove. His mother was a pastry chef and he inherited her love of cooking, so much so that instead of going to high school, he went straight into the kitchen, working his way up to become one of the most successful celebrity chefs on the planet. Today, he's everywhere. His smiling face staring at you from behind the glass of the freezer aisle at your local grocery store. He has hundreds of restaurants, from airport pizza joints to the finest of fine dining. He's on TV on the cover of nearly a dozen cookbooks. And he caters the parties of Hollywood's most celebrated stars.
1: Do you think you could do an introduction for us? Sure. Um, I think maybe I should write it down for
0: you. Yeah, okay.
1: Or, write it, it down. It. Okay. We can say it. In if you could say, pieces. okay. Uh, hi, this is Wolfgang Puck. Hi, this is Wolfgang Puck. And you're listening to the Welcome to L.A. Richard's Famous Food Podcast.
0: Let's just do that part. And you're welcome to L.A. to the Richard's Famous Food Podcast.
1: Crossover episode spectacular. Crossover episode spectacular. <laughs> and you're listening to the Welcome to L.A. And you're listening to the Welcome to L.A. Richard's Famous Food Podcast. Richard's Famous Food Podcast. Okay, so we got that. We can get yeah, yeah. it up. Crossover spectacular. Yeah, yeah. Which we got. Already. Yeah.
0: But okay, cool. After coming to Los Angeles, Wolfgang Puck established himself firmly at the intersection of fame and food. From KCRW, this is Welcome to L.A. And on this episode, we're going to explore the connection between fame and food on a car trip around Los Angeles oh, hey everybody. for breakfast, hey, up, lunch, and yeah, dinner. Oh, is this where I'm sitting? Okay. And I brought along a friend who's going to show us around, <clears throat> Richard Parks III.
1: Oh, hey everybody. It's Richard's Famous Food Podcast. Brought my
0: barbershop quartet with me. Jumping to the ground. Richard is a James Beard-nominated food writer here in Los Angeles. Ah. Yep. He's co-authored two cookbooks. Mm -hmm. He's written for the LA Times, McSweeney's, and the New York Times. Hey, who's that that went, Ah. Oh, that's Orson Welles. That was Orson Welles?
1: Yeah. Ah He's a big part of my podcast. Woodcast? Woodcast. Woodcast. We'll get up, get up, get up. Anyways, Richard is also a filmmaker, eh, writer, producer, director, you know, voiceover artist.
0: Anyways, and the host of one of the most innovative and bonkers podcasts ever produced. It's called Richard's Famous Food Podcast.
1: It's Richard's Famous Food Podcast. Thanks, guys. Feel free to take five.
0: Richard plays this pretty cool, but he's actually a well-connected Hollywood guy. I don't know about that. He's worked with the Flaming Lips. That is true. And his school chums include members of the multi-platinum rock group Maroon 5. (laughs) Richard Parks III is the golden ladder to where I want to get.
1: But really, David, my Hollywood status precludes me from bragging about my Hollywood status. I'm just a podcaster with a pickle with a mustache for his logo.
0: I'm a piquet. E.
1: Aren't
0: we here to talk about food? But most importantly, for the sake of this episode, Richard is a native Angelino. Yeah. Born and raised on the mean streets of Hollywood. The mean streets. Richard grew up eating. I got this, David.
1: Eating Hollywood in the 90s. Cantinas, El Coyote, Lucy's, El Adobe. K-Town, Furula, soup Supo, Jeep. Restaurant Row, Benihana, Lowry's, Prime Rib, of Beef. You want to eat things okay. Or head to Muso's for steaks, because you know it's my birthday. Falacos being found on Fairfax, and taco trucks and fruit carts would be providing our snacks. This case a case of Hollywood.
0: What's with the rapping? It's how I do journalism, David. So I invited Richard onto the show because I wanted to talk to him about the impact that Hollywood and fame in general has on life in Los Angeles, specifically our food. But now you're rolling
1: in my food, yes, R-F-F. With all the people saying,
0: Energy, David. So on this episode of Welcome to Richard's Famous LA Food Podcast, we're exploring the intersection of fame and food with a car trip through Hollywood's culinary past and present for breakfast, lunch, and dinner.
2: Oh, Uncle Richie?
1: Yes, Jimmy. What's happening? This sounds like your podcast. Podcast. podcast sounds like something else. And there's a strange man in here. You Don't worry, Jimmy. That's just David Weinberg. He's the host of this show. What? Yeah, I mean, he's the why? host of his show, Welcome to L.A. And I'm the host of my show, Richard's Famous Food Podcast. We're making this episode for both shows. It's a crossover. Ooh. But, you know, since Uncle Richie does all the fancy sound work and the editing, he's in control of what's happening right now. Not so much David. But that might change back and forth throughout the ep. Kind of make it a two-hander. What? 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 Well like it was David's idea to look into the way Hollywood has impacted food in Los Angeles. But you know, for Uncle Richie, fame isn't such a big deal. I mean, I grew up in Hollywood around famous people, so I guess that's maybe why for me it doesn't hold the same kind of allure it does for others.
3: Anyways. Hey, this is Richard Parks the third. Leave a message. Hey Richard, hi. It's Russell, your manager. I've been trying to get a hold of you over the last couple of weeks, but I was told that you were away recording a satirical rap song about restaurants in Los Angeles in the 90s. Anyway, (laughs) uh, you've been getting a lot of great press recently, and those crossover episodes you did were awesome, but they didn't make it onto anyone else's feeds. I worry that we're not growing the audience enough. And I think I got a pretty good deal for you here. Uh, So playing off your friendship with David... uh, We're great friends but also I feel like he wants a little more of that like Hollywood celebrity and he feels like you can give him that so this deal it gives you full creative control over the episode but the one stipulation from David's people was that he gets the opening monologue and his final thoughts I hope you can work with that without compromising your brand too much okay I will talk to you soon bye
0: did you hear that David? Uh, David? Huh? What? Sorry. 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 I dozed off.
1: That's okay. You should be well rested. We have a big day ahead. Here, get in the car.
0: Living in Los Angeles is a chef's dream. You get the best ingredients. On top of it, you have a lot of interesting customers. Is that Wolfgang Puck back there? In the backseat of the car?
1: I invited him along for the ride. He's got a few stories. Plus, with three people, we can take old Bertha here into the carpool lane.
0: So old. And brickety.
1: it's a model P for, you know, podcast.
0: Ooh.
1: Now check this out. How about some breakfast? You feeling hungry? You like breakfast? Everybody likes breakfast. Let's eat breakfast. First stop
4: juice.
0: If there's one LA food cliche that rises above the rest, it's that this is a town of people who juice.
4: You juice? Mm. I like juice, yeah, of course. <laughs> I like to drink juice, <laughs> yeah. What'd you get? I got beets, it's healthy for the heart. You need 12, kale, romaine, celery, cucumber, apple, lemon, carrot, beet, cayenne, ginger, parsley, and spinach.
1: <laughs> what does that do for you?
4: It gives me, um, it takes off my bloating. It's anti-bloating because I always feel like farting. Oh. <laughs> and it's healthy for the heart. <laughs> so this is my favorite.
1: Do you do any other health lifestyle stuff? Yeah,
4: I work out on the weekends usually in Malibu. And I swim and I do a lot of hiking. Yeah, and I write poems. Yeah, I want to become a poet. Yeah. Do you have any juice-related poems? Juice-related poems? No, but I could try to like make one as soon as I get back. <laughs>
1: Whose juice this is, I think I know. Their health depends on vibe and flow. They will not see me stopping here to watch a lifestyle food trend grow. My little yoga mat must think it queer to stop without a studio near between Beverly Hills and the valley, whatever. It's always sunny here. This juice is lovely, dark, and deep, but I have coffee dates to keep and miles to go before I sleep. And miles to go before I sleep, my child.
4: Nice to meet you. What's, What's your name? name again? My name is Richard. My name is Richard too. Cool. That's a good name. What's your yeah, name? David. R- David and Richard. Nice to yeah, meet you. Nice to Have you. a good day. Nice you. Bye. You juice? Uh, sometimes. This Why? Uh, this uh What? Uh I feel better in the morning when you juice. Yeah. It's much better. What's your order? We got uh, hill big. We got serenity, serenity cold yeah, press juice. Yeah. Mm. Uh, got tomato basil soup. Is this uh, like a
1: caviar order or
4: something? Uh, this is uh, a (laughs) post-made
0: order.
4: you ever deliver any celebrities? Uh, not yet. Not yet.
0: I heard they like juice.
4: Yeah.
5: (laughs) David, come
0: on. Play it
1: cool. Not going to introduce you to any celebrities if you act like that. Get back in the car. David, Wolfgang, before we continue on our journey, I'd like to guide us on a short juice ceremony if you don't mind. Please pick up your Serenity anti-bloating blends and a side shot of Celebrity Chef Wellness Wisteria for you, Wolfgang. Tincture of tertiary podcast producer Storytelling Pollen for you, David. Oh, yes. Please, close your eyes. Mm. Sure, juicing might seem a little ridiculous today, but actually, it's actually,
0: to me truly
1: it has some interesting analogs in Hollywood's past. Come on, Bertha, take us back to the past. The first raw food restaurant was opened in Laurel Canyon in the teens, and by the time LA became the mecca of moviemaking, health food regimens such as the so-called Celebrity Diet had caught on Big Time. Greta Garbo, Marlene Dietrich, and Adele Astaire were all fans. Gloria Swanson, who so famously portrayed a character stuck in the past, Norma Desmond in Billy Wilder's Sunset Boulevard, was in fact a forward-thinking, health-obsessed foodist. Swanson did not drink alcohol nor eat meat, she used raisins instead of sugar, and she was also an early proponent of the macrobiotic diet. So, the argument could be made that our culture's obsession with fame helped create the more mainstream country-wide fads in healthy eating that continue to this day in things like kale, bone broth, and raw juice. Sunset Boulevard, such a good movie. Billy Wilder. Did you ever know him, Fulfi? Billy Wilder, I made him Venus Schnitzel. That's cool, man, but well, we gotta move on. It's time to head back to the future for, for a power lunch, Mr. T- Please,
0: we have so much time and so little to see. Wait a minute, strike that. Reverse it. Thank you.
1: From Norma Desmond to Billy Wilder to Gene Wilder, that was a fun one. Okay, let's take a little break. All right, Jimmy, roll the ad.
0: Richard, I figured it out, man. I want to try to become a rock star, and I want to do it with you. Uh,
1: nobody was supposed to hear that, but uh, you must have played the wrong tape, Jimmy. Um, that's a message that David left me. That, that's a private message. You shouldn't have played that. Sorry. It's okay. Um, just, let's roll the ad now. Gather around, everybody. Uh, Jimmy, that's not the ad either. you the story. That's one of David's rock star songs. Will you stop the tape? Of the time the Tesla went to Colorado. Oh well,
5: I can't star. find the button.
1: It's right here. Nobody was supposed to hear that, either.
5: Actually actually, 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 actually.
1: You know what? Let's just get back to the show. Lunchtime! You know, David, in LA, we don't have lunch. We do lunch. And when you've made it in Hollywood, you power lunch. You discuss important decisions. You make deals. And get excited, David, because for this segment, I reach deep into my Rolodex to connect us with a true Hollywood insider.
0: Richard, if this guy is such a high-powered Hollywood player, why are we headed over the hill into the valley? I mean, this might as well be Indianapolis. Indianapolis, that sounds so exciting. Flat countryside with one or two tall buildings and nothing going on on Sunday. Wolfgang,
1: David, I will not permit any making fun of the valley on this podcast. Now behave. Okay, here we are.
4: Check, 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 check. All right.
2: Good to see you. Welcome to Sherman
4: Island. Is David. Hey, David. Hey,
2: David. Nice to meet you. Okay, my name is uh, Jordan Zachary Oaken. Jordan's kind of the guy behind the guy. Behind the guy.
1: He started out working at one of LA's famed talent agencies as an assistant, but
2: before long, people hated me. The agents I worked for were not happy with my placement on their desks. One of them asked if another agency sent me there to ruin his business, and I quickly became what was universally known around Los Angeles as the worst assistant in the history of Hollywood. (laughs) (laughs) I ended up working at America's Funniest Videos, which is pretty much the worst job you can get in Hollywood. Everyone thinks their kid is special or their dog is special and what no one really knows is that everyone's absolutely average But I would watch these videos of cats doing flips As if something was funny enough I would run it into the writers room. I hit the bell, and We got one America, America, this is you.
0: Anyways. Anyways You keep saying that like it's uh, Like it's a catchphrase or something
1: here are Jordan Oaken's five rules of power lunching. Three, two, one, kill it's zone.
2: Number one, never arrive first. You want people waiting on you. You want the anticipation to build. Two, salad is for the weak. A steak at lunch, you show your dominance right there. Three, carbs are for the brave. Break into that bread basket, let them know who's boss right away. You don't care about carbs, you don't care about anything. Number four, agents pay always. And number five, only celebrities can wear sunglasses indoors. No one else can do it.
0: Hey Richard, I really appreciate you driving me around and stuff, but I thought we were going to get to meet more famous people.
1: Hollywood isn't all famous people, David. It's people like Jordan, too. Do you think
0: maybe you could um, call up one of your friends from Maroon 5 and we could get a cheeseburger?
1: Adam only eats at Sushi on Sunset. And famous people? I mean, look in the back seat.
0: Wolfgang Puck, can you tell us anything else about the state of the power lunch today? I think the power lunch was bigger in the old time. These days I know we run commissaries in movie studios. All the executives go and eat in their own restaurant basically. People used to come from the film studio and the lawyers from Century City and they got together in Hollywood here. These days, it takes half an hour to park, to get the car. It's too much time wasted. Kind of awkward, I have to keep cutting off Wolfgang Puck
1: like this, but we really have to keep going. We have so much to do today. But he. You're right. Wolfie has a point. Trends come and trends go all the time in Hollywood. And if you look to the past, you'll see it has always been thus. Hey, keep it down back there while I do this history section. Since its founding, people have come to Hollywood to reinvent themselves, to find fame and fortune. And from the very start, they've done it through food. Take Al Levy, a poor kid from Ireland who arrived in LA in the 1890s and started selling oyster cocktails off a cart on the streets of downtown. A half dozen of the small, sweet, briny local California oysters would be seasoned with salt and pepper, plus a glug of tomato ketchup and a dash of pepper sauce. The oyster cocktail became LA's first bona fide food trend, and soon, Levy opened a series of restaurants that became important meeting places for the stars of Hollywood's golden age. Al Levy's tavern on Vine Street is known as Hollywood's first big movie star hangout. In the 30s, a table at Levy's might give you vantage on the likes of James Cagney, Gary Cooper, Samuel Goldwyn, Mary Pickford, David O. Selznick, the list goes on. Levy encouraged his famous clients to autograph tablecloths and napkins after their meals. And in fact, Charlie Chaplin liked it so much that he married the checkroom girl, Mildred Harris.
0: Arriving at 1627 North Vine Street in Hollywood, Oh, can we go in and check it out?
1: Afraid not, David. As with so many of LA's beloved institutions and landmarks, Levy's has been reduced to little more than a memory. In its place now stands a stunning example of LA's truest enduring institution, the Parking Garage. Of the big three Hollywood restaurants of the Golden Age, Levy's, Sardi's, and Musso's, only Musso's still stands. The iconic steakhouse is the oldest restaurant in Hollywood, and this year it celebrates its 100th anniversary. Can we go in there? I think I can wrangle an invite. But first, here's what else you need to know today. You need to know today! It's a place of many famous foods. Hey, how you doing today? From oyster cocktails, the French dip sandwich, the orange Julius and more. The hot of Sunday, cheeseburgers on Monday. Even the cod salad was invented in this town. That's right, the litany of famous foods said to be introduced in LA is mind-boggling. They include the Cobb Salad, the French Dip Sandwich, the Orange Julius, the Hot Fudge Sundae, and the Cheeseburger. Hope you're hungry now, because next up, we're going to Hollywood's oldest restaurant for a hairy steak. But first, let's take a little break. Meanwhile, back at the Richards Famous Newsroom editor. Oh, hey boss. I see you're headed into the final act of the fame and food episode. Good work. But, there seems to be an underdeveloped secondary storyline that needs a little attention. David's desire to be a rock star? That's right. of course, we can't make him a rock star. He doesn't have the goods. But here, listen to this. I can- He's no Adam Levine, but uh, maybe we could take it in like a Weezer direction. You know, dress it up with some backing vocals, etc., etc. Uh, could I work with RFFP theme song composer Bobby Halverson on it? That's just fine. We'll reassign him from the story about the cat in the tree who ate a baby born with a full beard. The cat in the cat in the tree, tree. who ate a baby born with a full third. beard. Cat in the tree who ate a baby who was born with a full beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the story for another day, Parks the Third. Now. See what you can do with Weinberg's song! We'll need it back by the end of the dinner section! Ta-ta! Alright, let's see here. I can't play you got your work cut out for you, Uncle Richie! <laughs> Uh-oh, looks like I missed a call from my manager.
3: Hey Richard, hi, it's me, your manager. I was just calling to check in how the show is going. You're probably getting near to the end of it now, and I wanted to remind you uh, that under the contract, You have to give David the ending. He needs to be able to get his final thoughts. Okay, bye.
1: And now, let's get back to the show. Okay, David, take us on home. I'm leaving. Don't let that phase you, David.
0: Go ahead. It's dinner time, baby. Uh, yeah, we're standing under this palm tree. We're here for the 100th anniversary celebration of Musso and Frank's grill. This was the part of our LA food tour that I was most excited about. We headed over to the oldest restaurant in Hollywood, the Musso and Frank Grill. We were going to witness history.
1: We're on Hollywood Boulevard, right in front of Musso Frank's, which is funny. I don't think of this as the front because you always park in back and you walk in through the back, through the kitchen kind of, Uh, but we're out on Hollywood Boulevard.
0: This was the day that the restaurant was getting its very own star on the Walk of Fame, and a slew of celebrities would be on hand to celebrate. El Machete himself, Danny Trejo, Mark Summers, the original host of Double Dare, and one of my favorite actors of all time, Joe Montaigne. I feel like I've grown up with him, from being a kid and hearing him do the voice of Fat Tony on The Simpsons. It's funny because it's true. Well absorbed. To his role in the movie Airheads, which I love. You
5: guys broke into the radio station to get your demo played on the air?
0: And of course, his performance as Joey Zaza in Godfather Part 3
3: I've made you rich, and I asked for little. Good.
5: You will not give, I'll take.
0: Plus, we were going to kick back a few of those world-famous Musso martinis.
2: Uh-huh. My name's Danny Trejo, it's Friday, and we're out here at Musso Frank's, their uh, 100th year anniversary, and I've been coming here a long time. Great food, they got great chicken pot pie on Thursday. Robert De Niro could be sitting next to you, hey, yeah, it's great pot pie. <laughs>
0: I'm too young to have been at the Berlin Wall when it came crumbling down. Seeing the first restaurant get a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, this was my Berlin Wall. Only better, because Joe Montagna was going to be there.
1: Please welcome our MC for this morning, Mark Summers. Good morning, everyone. <laughs>
5: All right, uh, Joe Montaigne was supposed to be here, had a last minute change in plans. Ah,
0: what? That was the whole point we were going here for.
5: Joe Mantegna was supposed to be here, had a last minute change in... Joe
1: Mantegna was supposed to be here. Here, last minute change in plans. In nomine pod god e Jimmy spiritus Amen. Meanwhile, in the Richard's famous editing suite. Hey, Richard, I don't. I'm extraordinarily busy,
0: sir. Uh, This episode was supposed to be about the intersection of fame and food.
1: You haven't pulled your weight in this piece. I did all the work, all the fancy sound editing. I created the story, and you have not even given me a proper lessons learned. That's why I'm not making you a rock star. I thought... Unless you come up with something in the next two minutes. Something you learn from someone you meet at Musso's. You told me... Call today. Me. I mean... I said
0: call today! <laughs> we ask you guys about Musso and Frank's? Oh, what? Do you know about Musso and Frank's? Oh yeah, very well. What do you think about this
5: being the 100th anniversary of the restaurant? It's amazing, it's just unbelievable. And uh, the parking lot behind it, I read, is in the Guinness Book as the oldest continually operated parking lot, 111 years since 1908. Wow. But uh, part of it's gone because of the construction. Yeah,
1: that, that just popped up in like the last year. And,
5: and this is, it's a landmark, oldest continually operated parking lot.
1: Does it upset you that this parking lot has been subdivided for development?
5: Yeah, too much of it. We'll lose all our things that are special. This parking lot,
1: what does it mean to Hollywood and to L.A.?
5: Very important. More significant than that sign that's been redone and the four last letters removed all those years ago and everything. Much more. A lot more.
0: Have you ever parked in there?
5: no no do you ever eat at moose on frank's probably when i was a baby that was the last time you ate there yeah as a baby believe pretty, pretty sure yeah what
1: do you what brings you up here today running errands
5: uh, well uh, the history and everything and yeah i had to come
0: you came here for this yeah absolutely yeah even though you'd only been here once as a baby it meant that much to you
5: yeah could you just introduce yourself I'm uh, corbin russell yeah
0: hey richard i just want to say thanks for taking me on this journey and i know we didn't get to meet joe Montaigne like i was hoping even though you refused to call your friends in maroon five after meeting corbin russell i realized that none of that stuff even matters what really matters is our friendship and the Musso parking lot i mean what was i expecting was going to happen if i met joe Montaigne that maybe if I pass him my demo tape, he would put it in the hands of some record executive. I'm not a musician. I'm not a celebrity. I'm your friend. And there's nothing else I'd rather be.
5: Mm-mm. No. I'm wondering if they're thinking about this parking lot at all.
0: It seems like the restaurant's getting all the attention. Yeah. Oh, David, David, I'm so happy, I knew you'd get it. It's a
1: metaphor. Celebrities are the restaurant. You know, the myth. Real people? That's the Musa's parking lot. That's Corbin Russell. And that's you and me, David. Every P-Clay is special. Hurry, hurry, David, Wolfgang, now back into the Model P. We have one last stop to make. Did you know that P stands for Poodcast? And in Poodcast, anything is possible. We are going to take a trip to the moon and I have just the soundtrack. Me and the Piclay Oopas have been hard at work at this one, David, but it was worth it. Wolfie, tell him what Joe Montaigne said when you played it for him.
0: Uh, he loved it, he said, oh my God, this is better than anything in Canada. Shh,
1: it's about to start.
0: I can't, play can't wait to hear
1: this. It's not a demo anymore, Rockstar.
4: Dave is so good.